Live from the ER of Walker General Hospital, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I <laughs> don't know. Whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program. With Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, over 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. What blew that? I'm the Doctor. And who are you? And who are you? Outpost Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podshock, a very special edition of Doctor Who Podshock. Uh, last time, our loyal listeners will know, of course, that it was episode number 106. This is episode number 107. In 106, we did the age-old classic. Well, it's become a very staple part of Podshock, the, the live shows on TalkShoe, where it was kind of a... a Recap review view of uh, oh, the Paul McCann years. Exactly. The 96 movie, whatever you want to call it. So we, In addition to all the big finishes that Paul McGann did. Indeed. So, but th- obviously he's best known as the doctor from the 1996 um, video movie. Yes, TV movie, what, call it what you will. Um, and sadly, obviously I wasn't there at, at Gallifrey, but even Lewis and Ken didn't have the opportunity to, to meet up with Daphne Ashbrook, the lovely lady who plays, of course, Grace Holloway, the uh, Eighth Doctor's companion in the TV movie. But, we... but James, before you go any further, we should just introduce ourselves that you're James Norton from across the pond in the UK. Yes, And I I'm Louis Trapani. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and Ken um, is with us, but he's just not in this little intro. He's he's in he's our... coming along later. It will be. He's, he's he'll be joining us very shortly. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. I just really, you know this these things happen. These things <laughs> I do happen. It all the time. <laughs> Absent-minded James is uh... no, no. It's, hey, James, you're a little rusty. It's okay. We miss you. We want just glad to have you back on board <laughs> in the opening of the show. Indeed, it's, I haven't <laughs> been here in quite some time. That's probably why I'm rusty. <laughs> In any case, we uh, we did manage to catch up with Daphne and uh, do a short sort of, well, a, an episode-long interview, really. That's why we're kind of putting this in a standalone episode as a special. Uh, and we, we talked to her about her experiences of the TV movie. Uh, and she had some very, very interesting stories to tell us. A lovely, lovely lady, uh, ever so outgoing, ever so friendly. Uh, pleasure to speak to. I don't know what else to say other than uh, let's jump right into the interview. This is our interview with uh, Daphne Ashbrook, Grace Holloway. Roll the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Or the uh, audio file, as it were. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) The following interview with Daphne Ashbrook suffers from a slight echo on Daphne's track. We do apologize for this. It's only in the beginning part of this interview. It will clear itself up. Please bear with it. Thank you. We're back with Doctor Who Podshock. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani, and across the pond, Mr. James Norton. And joining us right now on the program, the wonderful Ms. Daphne Ashbrook. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, Wonderful. 
She is joining us uh, uh, via Skype and uh, to talk a little bit about the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie. Many names. Some people just call it Doctor Who. Some people call it the Fox movie. Some people call it the Paul McGann movie. We're just going to call it the 96 movie for to keep it short. And uh, first off, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, it's great having you on our show. I'm sorry that we could, didn't have a chance to interview while interview you while we're in Los Angeles a few weeks back at Gallifrey uh, 19. So it's great that you were able to join us today. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun to talk about this stuff. It's good talking about the good old days. Well, first off. Uh, take us back to being cast in the movie uh, a little bit prior to the, was it 1995? How early were you involved? What was that phone call like? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think there were a couple auditions that, um, that happened before I actually got the call to say I'd been cast. So um, first thing uh, would be that I would get a script, read it, um, I was impressed with the script. I thought it was a really clever story, and I was completely unfamiliar with Doctor Who uh, entirely at that time. So it was all new and fresh for me. And um, I know there was was at least there were at least two auditions. So um, and so there was a, an audition and then a callback. And from what I've been told, I think Philip told me this years later that I was late. To the callback, I have no memory of this at all. And I guess I was a little crazy in the room, and that sort of <laughs> convinced them all I was right for the role. Well, you, definitely when you're in, in a Doctor Who production, being a little bit eccentric is, is always a, a plus. A plus, right? I guess that worked for me then. <laughs> well, so you, you had mentioned that you had no you, you weren't familiar with Doctor Who at that time. You'd never seen the program. You had no idea what Doctor Who was all about at that time. None whatsoever. I'd never heard of it. So leading into this, you basically had no idea what you were getting into as far as like Doctor Who fandom. You just took this as a just another role, basically another part and another uh, job opportunity. And um, here now you're bestowed to all of this fandom. You're going to conventions and um, was did they was there any um, prep? Was there, did anyone clue you in on this at all? Beforehand? Not, not, till, not until I was actually shooting, and it was actually Paul and Sylph who kind of educated me. Uh, I had no idea. So well, we had a lot of time to sit around. I mean, mostly it was a nice night shoot, so you kind of are in a bubble and uh, spending a lot of time just sort of hanging out and talking about God knows what all night long and in between shoot, uh, in between takes. And... Um, and so, yeah, they they educated me uh, in a huge way. I had no idea. Was and it a surprise? It was a complete surprise. I, I, I mean, I like sci-fi stuff. I like uh, really clever, interesting stories that stretch the imagination. And, and this one I was completely unaware of. And, and yet I think it's one of the more clever ideas ever. So I was very pleased. Let me just say, I was very, very excited to do the project, even though I didn't know all of the the whole story but it was a great part really mm -hmm. clever script and getting to go to vancouver and shoot with paul mcgann and sylvester mccoy i you know those it was all very exciting really exciting time 
Well, it's, it seems like you've developed a relationship with some of the other cast members. I mean, you're still in contact. I know that, um, you know, when, when Sylvester was at Gallifrey 19, you had a chance to catch up a bit. Uh, is there a sense of family uh, from this production? And is it something that you've seen in other productions you've been involved in? There, I've certainly felt uh, a family. I have a family feel. I love Sylvester McCoy. I love Paul. Uh, I haven't talked to Yiji. Interesting. And I haven't talked to Eric, but um, I certainly feel very close to those guys. Every time I see them, it's like no time has passed. Um, I haven't experienced that a lot with other shows I've done. Um, however, I think there is a certain kind of um, bonding that happens on certain shoots that whether or not you see or talk or continue a friendship or relationship outside of the shoot, you still, there, there oftentimes will be, when you bump into somebody, a feeling of family. I had done a series back in, um, oh, I don't know if I should say, um, <laughs> dates me, back um, about 85, I think it was. And I ran into somebody that I worked with on that show in Vancouver, weirdly. Um, he was staying in the same hotel shooting a different show. And it was like seeing my long-lost cousin or my long-lost uncle. He actually did play my uncle in that show. Whatever you did just made that echo go away. That was beautiful. Anyway, yeah, it sounds much better. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think there is a family feel. and But I think it's particularly strong with the Doctor Who people. I really do. It's special. I don't know what it is. It's always been Sorry, James. Don't, I was, okay. it was, no, go it ahead. was always described as being quite magical, and 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 what you're saying confirms that. Well, there's something really. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but there's something genuine, sort of innocent. I think I found um, with the Doctor Who story and the Doctor Who fans. Um, there's an innocence, there's a, uh, um, I don't know, a childlike quality to it, um, mm -hmm. as well as all the heady intellectual stuff, but there's something, there is something unique and special about it. And, um, uh, it, it translates from all the way from England to here. So it's, it's the show. It's not the people necessarily. Uh, or the the different cultures, it's it crosses the pond. It's very interesting, and I can't really explain it. But uh, I thank God for it. Well, <laughs> I'm amazed that that you get it. You know, I, I was there was such a fear when the show was being <laughs> brought to the states, and it was going to be an American production and things like that. And it was it was so much of a relief when the when the show when the movie aired. And now speaking to you directly, seeing that. You understand it. It's not something that's like, well, I did the job and I moved on, because that happens a lot. And you seem to, you seem to get that there was something special about it. And, and as Doctor Who fans, we really appreciate that. Uh, James, I believe, had a question. James. Well, I was just going to say that, uh, just to echo that, really, that it, it's incredible that after only working really on. Uh, the the movie because I guess that obviously it was supposed to be kind of almost like a reboot of of the series it was it was meant sort of like a pilot for the potential um, of of Doctor Who coming back in a big way mm -hmm. um, and I think that's it's really interesting that even only after working on really on on for one gig essentially as an actor or an actress 
um, to feel such a great connection to your co-stars and the crew and everything, you know, I think that that speaks volumes about the show and, and really it's the spirit of the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I um, agree. You were and, well. Sorry, okay, I was going to say you you were um, you were mentioning about that they kind of clued you in about the the fan following and and the worldwide appeal of the show. When did you really notice it though? Like, was it your first convention or? an email or, you know, what was it that you said, holy cow, everybody's really into this? I I think um, it, was, it wasn't really, <laughs> it's so weird. I don't think it was until I went back to England in, uh, I guess it was 2004, and, um, and met people who were really, you know, interested in, you know, saying hello to me. I, I was, that was when I really understood, uh, well, sort of. I don't think I still, I, I still don't think I completely get it. Um, because, you know, it's sort of, I'm, I feel a little isolated out here in, in America. There are a lot of fans out here, but I, I don't necessarily bump into them, or I don't know, I, I, or, or maybe if I wore a Doctor Who t-shirt, they would come out of the woodwork, because I'll tell you, when I do bring it up, it always seems to be that there's at least one person in the room that, that knows what I'm talking about and is a huge fan. Eyes light up. <laughs> It's there. It's just this sort of, unless you bring it up, it's not something that necessarily pops up into everyday conversation. But yeah. so they're, they're definitely out there. Uh, it's just I, uh, until really kind of recently, I didn't realize how many American fans there were. You know, I mean, I, I, they're, we're everywhere. <laughs> well, I love when, it. It's so cool. When you say recently, do you think that the, uh, now that the series is back in production in the UK and it's being shown in the US on the Sci-Fi Channel and BBC America uh, and various PBS channels, do you feel that uh, people maybe in America now are going back and, and, and discovering the movie, the 1996 movie, and discovering you and now you're getting more recognition for that in the last few years than, let's say, between 1996 and 2005? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a big question. I have no idea. That's possible, I suppose. Um, I, I, I think that the, the that the conversation is certainly alive now. Mm-hmm. The show mm-hmm. is actually up and running and it's terrific, too. Um, so that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And, and also to follow up what James had just mentioned, that back in 1996, this was kind of considered a possible pilot for to bring the series back either in a, in a joint U.S. and U.K. Uh, venture. Were you contracted just for this story, or did you have an option if this was picked up as a series to continue on? And if that was the case, would you would that be had something that you would be interested in doing? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would have been interested in it going on, and I would have been uh, thrilled to have been a part of it. But um, no, initially I was not contracted to, to, be, uh, 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 to move on with the show if it did get picked up. However, towards the end of the shoot, um, some of the powers that be on the set were actually coming up and, and asking me if I if I would be interested in that. So um, I was very excited. If it had gotten picked up, I may have been asked to s- stick it out. So which would have been fantastic? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think your character worked very well. You know, playing off the dock. I mean, so many times we have uh, the the role of the companion is sort of a you know a ditzy, you know, stereotypical, you know, where here you, you're, you're a doctor yourself, you're, your character's a doctor yourself, and, and you have your, some smarts about you, and you can, you know, um, pull off oh, certain right. things that, that other companions may not have, and, and sometimes that's rare to see in that type of a character, so 
uh, I know many times when we do our um, our podcast and we get opinions on favorite companions, uh, Grace Holloway always comes up at, at, in that discussion. Ooh, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, of the, so cool. some of the Doctor Who's that. some of the Doctor Who's greatest companions were people that he um, that he felt um, a sense of uh, equal uh, equality with. Um, you being a doctor, your, your part being a doctor and um, being able to speak to him on, on certain levels worked very well and won the respect of many of the fans. And I think that's when when things when the TV movie is looked back upon, so there are some people who say, well, OK, it was an American production or, you know, they, they might have or diehard fans may have an, uh, an issue of some kind of continuity somewhere. But the discussion of. Paul McGann and Daphne Ashbrook and Sylvester McGann, those are never issues. And that really is a tribute to what you guys pulled off in that. Oh, well, that, thank you very much. I, I have to say that those guys are really um, just, I don't have the right words. They're, they're fantastic actors, um, let alone people. So when you get the, the, the whole package, somebody that you so respect and have so much fun with when you're actually in front of the camera and then to just, you know, be delighted by them every second outside of that venue. I, it's just, it's a gift. I, it's, I, I attribute it to them. Actually, those two guys are fantastic. I love them. Do you ever do any reads with them prior to the shoot? Uh, in other words, during the uh, auditioning process or even, uh, in pre-production at all, was there, was there anything, uh, as far as, uh, bouncing off ideas with them? None. I didn't meet anybody. I, I was out here and they were over there. So um, I didn't meet Paul until I was already in Vancouver and um, was in my first, I guess my, I'm sure it was my first day in Vancouver and I was doing a fitting and I said, can I please, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the costumers will take uh, snapshots. What are they called? Um <laughs> Polaroids of mm -hmm. actors in their clothes, and I asked if if Paul had been in for his fitting it. She said yes, and I said, "Will you have any Polaroids?" And she said yes, and I said, "Can I take a look? Because I wanted to see what he looked like." Um, and um, and this, so that's I I peeked, and I was like, "Okay, that's what he looks like. I know I know who I'm about to meet." And uh, about an hour or two later, I was having my first read through, and the only other actor there was Paul. So I think it was. Um, it was like, oh, about five of us in the room. And, and Paul and I, I, <laughs> I remember him being, he told me later that he was um, a little uncomfortable, a little, dis, a little disconcerted that I, I sat next to him. And I felt like obligated that, that you know, they were going to look at us together for the first time. So I <laughs> sat next to him and I think he was a little bit like, ew, you sit next to me. Well, God, there's a lot of room here. Move over. But um <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny when I found that out later. I was like, ha, ha, ha. But um, we had a good time and immediately jumped into it and started playing and um, and already felt like it was going to be a real hoot. He's such a fabulous actor, I'm telling you. Love it. <laughs> well, um, is there anything that I know you're working on? Uh, you've been... You've been busy ever since. I know many Doctor Who fans know you from the 1996 movie, but you've been working steadily since, and I know you do a lot of television. Um, is there anything that you're currently working on that that you're excited about or anything that you want to share with uh, our many listeners? Well, I, I actually have a couple scripts that I'm working on, and um, 
Um, I uh, actually am very excited about my daughter. She's kind of going into the business, and she's in oh. New York, where you are, um, finishing up some school and um, is going to be launching her career. So it's pretty fun to wow. sort of watch her kind of, yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what else? No, that's great. Oh, I just uh, finished doing a, a film called The Lodger. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Molina and Hope Davis and uh, that looks like it's going to be a pretty scary pick so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out when it comes out that's about it it's amazing for someone who has you know you're, you're a, a working jobbing actress and yet you still find some time to to reflect back on a movie that you did over a decade ago and, and you, you know, have good recall about it and, and really appreciate that, you know, that, that you come aboard and say, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that people appreciate something that I've done. Uh, you also returned to Doctor Who uh, in the form of Big Finish Audios by doing The Next Life, not as uh, Dr. Grace, but as a, a different character. But you did have a chance to, to go over to the UK to meet the folks at Big Finish and, and reunite with with Paul McGann, as well as meeting, I think, Paul Darrow was in the big finish. Mm-hmm. That you yes. You know, that was actually really cool because I hadn't seen Paul since the shoot. And so it was really exciting to see him again and hang out. And it was weird because it did feel like no time had passed and we were sort of uh, giving each other a hard time immediately. It was wonderful. Um, <laughs> it's always such a crack up. Um, and I also got to meet Gary Russell for the first time, and I adore him. So, and it was actually my first time doing an audiobook. So, um, I was a little terrified, but uh, you know, I, I like to do things that scare me. And so, uh, the whole the whole experience was wonderful. It was a lot of fun, and it was fun to meet everyone that was on that show. I, I love to um, meet all the different people that are involved in in Doctor Who because, like I said, you know, I'm sort of been out of the loop. And and it's really a privilege to be to be a part of it now. So you've been um, you've been to you know conventions both here and abroad. Uh, you just did Gallifrey nineteen, where where we had a chance to meet you. And I'm hoping that you're going to continue because I know there's tons of Doctor Who fans, and in particular on the East Coast, who have never met you. Uh, and there are people who really do enjoy uh, your role and and the Doctor Who TV movie and, and would love to meet you and hear your stories about the production. So please keep it up. Don't, don't, uh, oh. don't ever hesitate to come if you're, if you're on the East Coast and want to do a convention. I'll be there. Just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. I love it. I absolutely love it. You also did, you did a documentary on your trip to the U.K., um, that was like shot and showed you going to you know over for the first time and and having a chance to to uh, to meet the fans and to record the the big finish audio right yes i did um uh, that was i was so i mean I have to tell the truth I was so completely <laughs> jet lagged that i didn't i i can't believe i don't know what i said i don't know what i did <laughs> i was out of it um i just sort of disappointed and i walked you know it's just i did what i was told to do because i was i'd never been so jet lagged in my life i think Brilliant. i started doing that right you know as i arrived and and we did it i think for about 3 days and I didn't know which end was up. I just remember <laughs> I kind of in a, um, a constant state of, of giggle. I just felt like mm-hmm. I was giggling the entire time because I was so damn tired. I didn't know what I was doing. But um, uh, 
I, I did get to look at it later, and I thought I was very impressed. I thought they 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 edited it beautifully, and uh, it was really fun to sort of find out later what the heck I had done. <laughs> <laughs> so you literally look back at that and see, think, gosh, what on earth was happening that. there? Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't remember. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking at that and I'm going, wow, I don't remember ever saying that. I mean, it was all, I was t- speaking the truth. It was coming from an honest place, but I was so amazingly tired. I, I just kept thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep doing it. And, you know, and sound intelligent and, and seem alive, you know, but um, it, they, they did a good job. They really put it together well. So mm-hmm. it worked, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought it was clever. Is there any chance you'll return to a Big Finish audio? Have they discussed it with you? Is it is, a, is that a possibility? It's absolutely a possibility on my side. I have not discussed it with anyone, but I am willing. And and I'm working on it. I'm, I've actually got a little help here, who, somebody who's uh, kind of looking out for me. And uh, <laughs> Who's a Doctor and Who fan? A Doctor Who fan, yes, very much so. And um, and so we're going to see what we can wrestle up, you know, because I really do want to keep up with this. That is Fun. awesome, yeah. That's great to Especially hear. if you return as Dr. Grace. It was, it was great to play another part, and that was wonderful because you were there. But, again, fans of the show would like you to see you return to the character that they've come to love. So, um, I would love that because I think that there was a really good um, a banter between the two, uh, between uh, the Doctor and the Doctor. So <laughs> I would love <laughs> to see them do that some more. I think it would be fun to explore some more. Do you have any... Funny stories that you've never shared with anybody about the production? Anything just, you say, okay, this, this wacky thing happened or, you know, something that is really out there or something that, can you put us on the set for a day? Oh, well, I will say this. Um, I remember one night where it's, you know, like, again, it was a night shoot almost exclusively. So we were... We were sort of in our own little bubble. I mean, those are very strange shoots in general because you do sort of, it's like you're the only people on the planet. Everyone else is asleep while you're awake. And anyone who's worked night shifts understands this. You sort of feel really isolated. And the only people you're coming in contact with are the ones that are working with you. So it's a kind of unique of uh, experience already. Now you couple that with... Um, Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy sitting around doing um, different accents from different parts of England and um, teaching me how to, to say <laughs> different things. Like I think we focused one night on the word cow. So they were saying, no, she's, she's, I don't even think I can do it anymore, but cow, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's, I don't know the <laughs> accent thing. And we just sat around entertaining ourselves this way uh, for hours. It was kind of ridiculous, but it was so much fun. And um, let me see. Um, I think the night that Paul and I were <laughs> were on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. that was a rough night. That was really, it was, we were so tired. It was so cold. And it was pretty dangerous, I think. I mean, but at the same time, I think we were hooked up to some sort of apparatus that was kind of dragging us. So it was felt kind of foolish all at the same time but I remember that being kind of ridiculous night for us and um, it was just one of those nights where you put your nose to the grindstone and keep going um, and mm. Paul is an extraordinarily hard worker so and does not complain either so um, thank God he had all kinds of reasons to complain during that shoot 
they put that thing on his head, the thing on his eyes. Oh my god! Yeah, just watching that made me. Uh, <sighs> I'm not squeamish, but it wasn't the nicest thing to to watch. I have to say, and I can't imagine them putting. Yeah, putting that thing on, and, and also having to do it um, because the, some of the camera work, I guess, was really close to his face and everything. So, uh, I well, you know what? Like uh, done. That was an awful. I mean, it it the, as uncomfortable as you felt watching it. It was at least that uncomfortable to do it. I yeah, because you yes. had to wear contacts yourself in that one scene where your eyes were all blackened. You were. Wearing, I'm assuming that wasn't CGI. You were wearing contacts. I was wearing contacts. Now there is a story to that because um, um, on my first day, not only did I have the reading and the fitting, but I had to be fitted for contacts, mm-hmm. and um, I've never worn them before. And um, so we did. We picked out some wild contacts. They were not the ones I ended up wearing. They had. Um, so kind of like tiger stripe weird uh, pupils. It was very mm-hmm. odd looking. And they decided at the last minute that they didn't like those. So they picked these black that covered the entire eye. Yes. Um, yeah. And they were not fitted to my eye. So honestly, those were extraordinarily painful. And um, so as, uh, I would get through a take and basically it would be, you know, Please get these out of my eyes as soon as possible. Yes. So in between takes, they had to uh, take them out so that because it was it was like having sandpaper on your eye. Ouch! It's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we all suffered for our arts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was I worth. give you a lot of credit. I don't think I could do that. Wow. Yeah, you I just got to do it. You just yeah. have to do it. You just you jump in and you get it done. Do you follow the new show at all? Have you seen it either on Sci-Fi or you know any any place as far as the the relaunch with Russell T Davies? Yes, we've been. Uh, I've been watching it on uh, BBC BBC Television over here. So we get it. I think a year late, but um, I am watching it, and I think they're doing an incredible job. And it also, you know, that was something that I've I found interesting about the new series is um, one of the things that I thought was slightly um unique to the, the the film that i was in was that and this is mostly because of what i was told so correct me if i'm wrong but um that there was a certain amount of charm to the original series um in mm-hmm. in the um uh i don't know i guess you can say less than amazing uh special effects. Abilities. Yeah, you you could say that, yes. That, that's a <laughs> and, very nice way to put it, I suppose. <laughs> and then there's the film, which, you know, isn't, it wasn't what it is today, special effects-wise. I mean, special effects... But they were good for the time. But they were really good for the time. They were kind of yeah. cutting edge. And I thought that maybe some of the charm that the series had was lost because of the technical technological leaps and bounds mm-hmm. you know and, and 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 I didn't really come to that realization until I was watching the current series because there's a certain amount of charm that is I think brought back there's certain technological things that are still being you know obviously applied that um pertain to this era but I think there's also some simple innocent um you know it's not necessarily supposed to be i don't even know how to put it but there's an innocence that have as i think they've brought back to the current series 
that may have been a little bit lacking in the film that I was in. What do you guys think? No, I, there. that's a case to be made in so far as the production. One of the things that Americans find particularly enjoyable about Doctor Who is the fact that it is British. But mm-hmm. I thought that the casting was very inspired. And in particular, Paul McGann playing the Doctor still was charming and fun and mysterious. So when you have something like that to lock in on, and like I mentioned earlier, when you have... Um, a companion, a, the Doctor's companion in, in Doctor Grace Holloway, someone who's intelligent and relates to the Doctor on an on an even playing field. I think it worked very well, and that's actually one of the, you know, we, special effects aside, kind of thing. You, you, special effects or no special effects, if you don't have that, the movie falls flat on its face. That's true. That is true. That's why. And I thought that Paul's performance had a lot of that innocence. I I think him him being at the 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 core of the uh, of that particular venue. I just thought he did he brought what I think needed to be there. You know, not, having been somebody who was not educated in any way as to the charm that this um, character, you know, uh, that these performances over the years had had. Um, I think obviously he he brought that to the table, and that that was um, really important part of that production. Mm-hmm. I thought, but somehow it's it seems to it seemed to uh, permeate you because they picked the right person, who you you're very outgoing and you, you, you like I said you get the magic, and it just seemed that maybe the producers, the casting people, they knew exactly what they wanted what they needed for Doctor Who and you fit the bill. So even without any knowledge or experience about Doctor Who, you just got it. You you, you were right there and and it just it's something that's inside of you naturally. So Oh that's that's oh, very well. kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, you have the distinction now um with the new show and if you've been following it you know that you know what was once controversial yeah. this is what i was going to get at but indeed yeah ahead. this you is the big question the record for the, the very question. first kiss of the doctor you know <laughs> yeah, in the history books now i, I was going to say the the 1996 movie not only ushered in a new level of of special effects that carried over to the tv series but also um maybe unbeknownst to you but you also broke new ground in the series where previously the doctor never really got that emotionally attached or at least never physically showed that uh, attachment to his said companion and um at the time in 1996 was the first time the doctor really expressed any um physical emotion you know as far as in in the form of a kiss or whatever and 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 having that romance underlying that relationship um was new ground for doctor who and and um, now in the television series of today, it's it's still it's carried over. But um, did you get any backlash at that time from maybe Doctor Who fans that felt that was inappropriate? I mean, not that you had anything to do with it, but um, did you um, any sense of that? I, I actually didn't. Um, I didn't know anything. It wasn't until I started to read about what people were saying, and this was mm-hmm. actually well, well after we had finished shooting it. I realized, wow, I couldn't believe it. I had no idea. And no one mentioned that at all to me on the set that I recall. Sure. So I was completely unaware of it. I was nothing. It was like, oh, it was a little kid. It was a little kid. <laughs> it was like, what? We're saying goodbye. And we, there was no open mouth kissing. Yeah. It was very innocent. And 
I think appropriate. My God, he saved the world. We saved the world together. I mean, I mean now, the I least he could get is a kiss, right? The least he could get is a little kiss. I I turned down the cool ride, but I I did uh, I did give him a kiss. Um, now this is the other thing too. And wasn't it sort of controversial that he was supposed to be half human? And and that yeah, I definitely. think to me was where. If it's okay for him to be half human, then it's, it's okay, okay him for him, him to feel yeah. and to be physical and in his body and have that kind of interaction with other uh, beings, uh, other humans. So that's that's where, yeah, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that has become an accepted issue. All, however, that was a little contra. It's not accepted. Oh. The lady has, <laughs> has her defense planned out. See? Yes. Prepared. Yeah. We're prepared for the fans to come. <laughs> so what? Everybody's still really mad about the whole half-human thing? Well, well the thing, that part, yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is is that <laughs> I think certainly in Britain, I mean, I can't speak from for the American perspective, but I guess that the, the film itself was more of a success in the UK because people kind of got the show and understood it and it already had a huge fan base where sure. in, in America perhaps not so much mm-hmm. um, and the kiss I think here wasn't as big as a controversy as it was in the States um, mm. but the, the certainly the bit about the half-human thing um, I think was very controversial here in, in the UK and, and people kind of, now when you kind of go back and talk about that uh, people kind of um, glance over that if so, if you know what I mean <laughs> try not to yeah. draw too much attention to it because uh, one of the they things that people <laughs> yeah because one of the things that, that made it such a success here in the UK I've always thought is that there's always been that sort of mystery surrounding mm-hmm. yeah. the character who is he what are his motives um you know what's his past all about you know there's always been that certain element to his character which I've found particularly profound and by saying oh you know he's half human or whatever that kind of takes something away from that and you know it takes some of the excitement away and I don't know it certainly for fans in the UK that's really I think was the main um, point of negativity about the the film as a whole otherwise I think people here were were very very thrilled about the film and and certainly enjoyed it and wanted uh, a series to be commissioned which sadly I guess the powers that be decided that it, it wouldn't have been such a good idea. Yeah, it seemed almost like they were catering to American audience by thinking that, gee, America accepted Spock so well, and he's half human, maybe that's what we should do with the Doctor, where it, you know, since its inception, since 1963, he's been so established in, in, as an alien that that's what we known him as to be, and, and to make him, you know, it's awesome to make this drastic change it just seemed like it was just bow to, you know, bowing to American yes. audiences. Just yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to come off as anti-American, but that's certainly what certain people <laughs> here in Britain were thinking: is that oh yeah, it's just something Writing to please, down, please well, the Yanks. Yeah. But. The the new the new series is launched and it's a it's a big success. And one of the things that I've noticed uh, in watching some of the interviews with Russell T Davies, the new producer and head writer, uh, he seems to. He seems to really like the 1996 movie. It's something that that he uh, 
he embraces and and when 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 it's discussed it's something that um that he feels very strongly about it it almost seems like that he's a very inclusive kind of guy not only the classic series but he includes the peter cushing movies from way back in the 60s and he includes um the paul mcgann movie so um it's it must be nice to think that the current producer, at some point when he was a younger man, let's say, and he was you know a, just a fan, he was there watching you and being inspired by your performance and the, the, the production that you were involved in. And here they are relaunching the show, and there is some inspiration going on there. Well, I, I think that I, I, I don't know if I can take any credit for that at all. <laughs> I, I think that there may... I would I would probably credit it to the the writing and and to the you know forward kind of forward thinking how do we how do we bring this into now um as far as our technological abilities and and our our thinking and and maybe they did go too far with that whole half human thing you know I mean um maybe that was where they where they crossed the line but I I think I don't know I mean I I feel like I w- I'm a servant to the script and so I was there, and I fulfilled my my duty, which is to um, you know to do what's written for me to do as best as I can. So if I did that well, then fantastic. And if that helped to bring some some inspiration to the current show, uh, that's fantastic. I would I would certainly feel humbled by that. There's definitely we'll a lot of groundwork that was that was laid. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of foundations that were built during your time in the show. I mean, you the. The uh, the idea, like you said, of of a, a companion that's not a screamer, that's intelligent and drives the story with the doctor. That was laid. Uh, the groundwork was laid during your time, as well as again the modern modernization of the show. Many of the things that we see today uh, were were begun when you were involved in this production and, and the what we will call maybe an, an attempt to relaunch the show or the first attempt to relaunch the show. But we cool. want to thank you, you know, for that. I mean, your efforts there yes. and, and having being a part of this and sharing your experience with it. It's just it's great. And it's and like I said earlier, you you're someone who's working. I mean, anybody who goes to IMDB and types in your name sees a list of of amazing productions that you've been involved in. Um, mm-hmm. And and then you, you still spend some time to come and, and chat about, like I said, a movie from from a decade ago that you remember fondly. And, and we really appreciate that. Definitely. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Too modest, Daphne, at best, you know. Well, we keep, on our show, we keep on campaigning to bring Paul McGann back, you know, on the television series for like a one episode type of thing. You know, sometimes each year they have a Dr. Light story. So instead of having a Dr. Light story where the main actor is um, shooting another episode, they're overlapping episodes, so they do a Dr. Light episode. Um, We're hoping that maybe they'll bring back Paul McGann and, um, and if they do, um, he's gonna have he's gonna need a companion. So um... <laughs> no, let me think of somebody. Hmm. Uh, oh, I would love that. That would be so much fun. Are you kidding? Oh. Yeah, it would be fun for all of us. Yes. Flash yeah. <laughs> Despite the the jet lag of having to fly you over to the UK, I guess, and uh, and film I've over. Gotten here in Wales. I have gotten better. I have gotten better. I've recovered a little more time since then, and I have learned to sleep on a plane finally. Yeah, so it's I tough, can, isn't it? Yeah. That most fans feel about the movie, I think the the first and foremost thing is we didn't have enough. Uh, mm. We used yes. to well, used to having you know whole seasons and and multiple seasons of of seeing actors and and um, and characters that we like. And with your particular movie, with this 1996 movie, it was way too short. 
We need hours more. <laughs> so, I do. So there's I know I an do. opportunity there to revisit this. <laughs> oh, well, maybe in a parallel universe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I do. I, I actually would love to, to see something. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm getting I'm getting what what uh, I I I'm lucky to be getting what I am getting, which is a continued interest and um, a celebration of this really wonderful idea that somebody started a long, long, long time ago, and it's got legs. Um, it will continue on. And I think it is unique, and I think that uh, it's unique for a, a lot of reasons, and um, th there is a huge fan base because of those reasons. So um, I am privileged and humbled to be a part of it, and, um, and as long as people are interested in hearing anything I have to say about it, I'll be there. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We hope you'll join us on our Murder She Wrote podcast. Old Cole's case or CSI. Murder Shock. <laughs> that line that I was talking about that people aren't supposed to cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken, the next time I see you. Oh, oh okay. Ooh. <laughs> All right, game's on. I'm here in New York. We'll fight, 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 fight. You do come. I'll be there in May, Ken. I'll be looking you up. All right. You know where I am. I leave Someone my island. island. <laughs> Imagine I got a knock at the door and Daphne Ashbrook is standing there. I'm telling you. <laughs> I have six cats. You come in and you can feel free to adopt one. <laughs> this it's is like Daphne. You one. You know, you know what? That's really weird. My daughter wants a cat and she's living in New York. So maybe. <laughs> maybe we can get this cat thing working. I don't know. I, I, I think so. Well, we made a cat connection. If you do have some time when you come to New York, we do extend an, an invitation to do lunch and maybe do a face-to-face -face interview if you have the time. We would love. Oh, to. that'd be great. That'd be great. Thank you so much for being a friend of Podshock and coming and and uh, and and doing an interview with us. And like I said, we were. Uh, it was uh, just sad that we didn't get a chance to have more time at at Gallifrey, but we knew your time was limited and. And we would have a chance to catch up on the on uh, this way, uh, you know, where we weren't pressed for time, or you were being asked for an autograph, or you know, off to a talk session, or whatever. There were a lot of other people there that were dying to meet you. So, oh, thank you, thank you so much, and and um, let's try to see each other in New York. Sure, okay. and we'll keep our fingers crossed that you're going to do some conventions here on the East Coast. We'll see if we can make that happen. Absolutely, I'd love it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks, Daphne Ashbrook. Dr. Grace Halloway in the 1996 Doctor Who movie. It's Doctor Who Podshock. We'll be back. Jump to Jump Con. Meet Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Deborah Watling, Fraser Hines, Mary Tam, Jacqueline Pierce, Terry Malloy, and many more Doctor Who guests being added all the time. Plus, meet other guests in your favorite science fiction and fantasy genres. Go to jumpcon.com for details. Jump into JumpCon. Go to jumpcon.com. For dates and locations near you, jump into JumpCon. 
Ashbrook, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. That was a great interview we, that we just had with um, Afton Ashbrook, who's um, Afton Ashbrook. Known as- <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did I say? I thought you said Afton. It sounded like you said Daphne. Yeah, Daphne Ashbrook. I'm sorry. Sorry if I t- mangled up that name there. Uh, obviously, our listeners will know her as Grace Halloway from the 1996 movie. And um, but we we did this special Doctor Who Podshock because uh, coming on the heels of episode 106, where we reviewed the Paul McGann uh, error of Doctor Who, this seemed to be uh, most fitting. Though you know we're recording this now, and that was recorded back in January. We're shuffling the episodes around just so that they fall into place in a more Logical graceful or, manner. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. So Ken um, had to step away, so he's not here, but he does send his um, regards. He'll be back next time. Mm. And um, once again, thank you, Daphne Ashbrook and, uh, and, and Ken as well. And uh, we'll be back next time. James, thank you so much for... For being part Always of the show a once pleasure. again. Always a pleasure. Yes. Um, we'll be back next week for more exciting stuff on Doctor Who Podshock. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers. Have a good one. Hallie-ho. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run GallifreyandEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Parchock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Parchock. You can email us at feedback at This looks pretty low-tech.